Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. Special one today, day after Mother's Day, and we will have the traditional here's Kim Chow on the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast, but we'll put that at the end. That way, anyone who wants to listen in and, uh, you know, can, but let's get to our usual stuff, injury stuff first. And, uh, who knows? Uh, maybe uh, the beast of the week will be my wife Kim, and she'll like hit me up with some things. But we'll do our usual beast of the week segment, and then have uh, the inspiration slash start the person who started Pro Football Doc, my wife, and you guys can hear that story, etc. All right, so uh, Justin's here, producer Jacob Taylor. You guys do all right on Mother's Day? Everything all good? Yeah, I mean. Uh pretty straightforward my mom's easy to he easy to get gifts for so not too bad we did a little breakfast and everything so got it all taken care of oh good well i did follow through on uh on the uh my front page um update or whatever what is it again? yeah the the front. I, I think that's what it was called my front page uh the one from a couple of weeks ago ross tucker mentioned it yeah yeah i did follow through on that that worked out pretty well we'll, we'll probably maybe we'll get into that with my wife and uh give her uh, let her give a reaction but just so everyone knows i did extend the invite i mean uh to uh, mrs justin and the other uh moms and nobody <laughs> took me up on a little podcast cameo here so we'll get back into the regular stuff here sports injury stuff so jacob where do you want to start uh you know i mean i wish there was there was any injuries in the nba playoffs to talk about this but there's really been nothing it's been such a slow, such a slow playoffs. But let me tell you, it's slower than last year. <laughs> that is true. I mean, you can't. But back-to-back years with all these injuries, it's it's been every series. I mean, even Suns and uh, Suns and Mavs has kind of been a little dry injury-wise. But then Jay Crowder has a little ankle. He comes back. He's fine. But uh, let's let's start with Embiid. It's on, it's one on everyone's wait, wait, mind. Wait, 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 wait. Let's hold on a second. You guys, obviously, the, the other guys on this podcast are way younger than I am. I mean, almost to the point of combined age might be younger than me. Not quite, though. (laughs) Not that bad. But there's such... Okay. Since Jacob said it, I will let Justin and Taylor vote thumbs up, thumbs down if they agree or not. It has to be unanimous. The Mavs and Suns have had no injury issues? Excuse me? Are we prisoners of the moment, Jacob? I mean, Luka Luka Doncic? (laughs) I mean... He was supposed to be out for the second round series, too. We were the only ones with optimism he'd come back and they'd survive. The Mavs have had their share of stuff. And Devin Booker, I mean, I don't know that his hamstring's 100% yet. And you already written off that there's no issues. Prisoners of the moment. That's uh, a fair point. Right? That's a fair point. So what do you think, Taylor? Is, is, are we, are we going to call Jacob out on that one, or are we going to give him a pass on that? Oh, I think you just did, so you're good. That was a call out. Yeah, you got, he got the call out for sure. I would say, I would argue that these, this this round in particular, every one of these matchups are, they're like, it's like a bloodbath. Like, it just seems like everything is, I'm not saying a lot of people are going down, but it's like ticky-tack. There's a lot of like, it's a lot of physicality, more and, so and, than in most NBA series that you see. And, and Jay Crowder, when he went down, by the time, look, I wasn't watching the games. By the time the team got me the video and got the other pro basketball docs the video, I looked at it and was like, he went back in the game, didn't he? Like, yeah. So we're, we didn't post or write anything. Uh, that didn't look like anything bad. And what do I always say, guys? Judge the injury, not the reaction to yeah. the injury. So the reaction 
you know, and I'm not saying he's soft or he was pretending it was soccer, but I'm saying it hurt him. But like, it didn't look uh, mechanistically very bad, and I think he's going to be fine. Let's uh, let's go to Joel Embiid then. That's uh, he, he's had one of everything so far, right? I mean, if he's got a punch card, he's he's getting something free on the next one. Uh, <laughs> but I, we we talked about uh, the the whole doubtful thing. Let's let's start there. I mean, there, there's multiple NBA series that have had people listed as doubtful and then go on to play, and obviously they've been. The fine, the fifty thousand um, for Booker was the was the first one, I believe, the hamstring, and then Embiid was doubtful, and he was out the day before. And I think you were the only one, Doc, saying, "Why why isn't he not getting upgraded faster?" I mean, once he cleared the concussion protocol, I, I will admit, these you guys know, when we when we come up with an opinion medically based, we don't let the noise change our mind. That doesn't mean that we always know we're right. And we've been wrong before and we'll be wrong again. But as doctors and team physicians, former team physicians, we're here in the pro basketball docs, we're here to give an opinion based on medicine, not based on the noise, right? We don't look at an injury report and then say, change our mind. Now, the day before when he was still out, we started saying, we think there's a good chance that he can play. And when it became clear that it was cleared from the concussion protocol, and at the time he was still listed as out, then got upgraded to doubtful, we doubled down and said, we think he's going to play. And, you know, I will admit, I got a little nervous there as the updates, he didn't get updated from doubtful to questionable. I thought that was going to happen, and it never did. Questionable, and you won't get fined doubtful and you play there better be a pretty good all of a sudden explanation i get it 50 grand fine for the sixers and the 50 grand for the Suns. it's like chump change in the big picture but that's but going by the status report i was getting nervous i mean i was texting taylor and jacob any updates yet and we're an hour from game time we expected the update to 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 have him at least it was a half an hour even yeah to at least be questionable out, and there was the the, the, yeah, the doc absolutely. rivers press conference and this that the other but you know we got away with that one i mean i look one of the things we do is we don't delete tweets and we don't look if we're wrong we'll we'll you know update a new article but we don't delete things and uh it's the opinion at the time and everything is fluid and and uh I did expose myself to a potential old takes uh, exposed or freezing cold takes there because we were pretty hard on him being playing. And we may have a guy on it coming up here. Uh, he's He's been fun to to uh, uh, interact with on social media. But we got away with that one, and, and he played. And obviously, you know, even the minutes restrictions, he played pretty well. Yeah, you know? I mean, um, how many minutes did he play in the first game back, Taylor? Was it like 36, something like that? Yeah, he played 33 straight before he needed to literally yeah, walk off I the mean, court. So Doc Rivers had, he said 15 to 20 minutes, and he was yeah, way and, over and that. And he probably would have played more, but it was a blowout game, game three. Right. So it was time to sit him, you know. And, and like we said, right. look, you played an entire NBA season. You're off of activity for one week. How do you get out of shape? I mean, to, <laughs> I swam in high school. That's called a taper. You go faster for the meet. That's not <laughs> an out of shape. I didn't understand that, really. That all of a sudden he couldn't do the minutes because he hadn't played in a week. I don't know. That might be good rest for him uh, to, to, to right. do that. But anyways, he's played and he's, and he's done well. But don't forget... The biggest injury 
is not the orbital fracture. Yeah, the mask is hot, and uh, he, he's he's like a guy on on the airlines, always chomping at the peanuts, right? Taking off the mask because yeah. it's hot, and he doesn't yep. want to have it <laughs> yep. on. Uh, I get it, but it helps protect him. It's not a hundred percent protective, but it does help protect him. But the thumb is still the bigger deal, uh, and uh, you know, in terms of the ulnar collateral ligament in his three-point shooting. I mean, Taylor, you did pretty well on the props, except for the three-point shooting. Yeah, we've been 9-2 and two since the playoffs started. Um, that one loss was at, uh, one of the losses last night was the uh, under 0. 0.5 threes. I remember your conversation, you called me, you said it went from 1, 1.5 the last couple of days, and then it jumped to 0. 0.5 the last couple because he didn't make a three since the thumb. And I didn't do it for the first couple, but I got a little, got a little greedy and did it last night. And of course, it was a bank three. It wasn't clean, well, but you know. <laughs> you know how, um, for those of you who have kids, you know how they come in and like they admit something before they get yelled at? That, that was Taylor right there because he remembers that discussion. <laughs> he was two out of three on props. He got the Harden. Like, uh, Taylor uses the six scores and the injury implications, and he discusses them with me, but he makes the picks. I'm, I'm not picking stuff, okay? And sometimes, you know, your, your, your teenage son just isn't going to listen. They got to get burned by touching the stove or whatever it is. And that was Taylor. We talked about... So he was two or three. He hit the Kyle Lowry, who re-injured himself again. That's another big one, yeah. Yeah, under points. We didn't think he was all there, and he's probably not going to play this next game. I doubt it. He can maybe facilitate a little bit, but he, he's not himself. I think they'd be better off sitting him at this point in time. Re-aggravated the hamstring. Kudos to him for trying to come back earlier than he really should have, but he's been underperforming. He hit that. The Harden assists, that was a good one. Got that. But he couldn't help himself. We talked about, you know, look, one and a half. Clearly, we talked about ball security issues for Embiid with the thumb. Defensively, offensively, short and mid-range, fine. But when you're at .5 on the on the three-pointers, remember, he made one the game he hurt it and finished yeah. to win the game. And I was like, I don't like that because – you can get lucky and hit one, and then you lose. Yeah. And then Taylor had to go for it. And, of course, now he's calling out it was a bank. Did he call bank? No, he didn't. I mean, no, it was didn't. that far off. He, he looked it was shocked Sunday. that he made it. So. It was Sunday, right? It was closed. Banks are closed. <laughs> On Mother's Day, too. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I say point five. You just get lucky and hit one, you know? And yep. yeah, just but need one, right? The thing that's is, it. what you should have done if you were going to go – not take my advice on that. You should have taken it every game. Then at least you'd be in the positive. Yeah. Instead, you picked the wrong game to do it. Yeah. So you know what that means. Are you gonna Are you gonna take it again the next game? No, I'm I'm burnt now. <laughs> my hands burnt now. <laughs> I mean, if you really believe in the analysis, you should take it again. I I would keep taking it. I mean, how often is he gonna bank in a three? He was he was off on the other two. We saw. Not I mean, close. I mean. Maybe they jump it. Maybe it if, goes, if it to, goes one, to one, so one at least you get a push. If it goes to one, it. hit it hard, okay? At least you push. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I it stays at a half, I, I mean, exactly. it's got to even out, right? I mean, you missed a couple of opportunities right. when it wasn't. No, I mean, you, you pick who you want, Taylor. If we just give the inf injury information, you pick who you want. Uh, going on to another series, and it's a big uh, topic today. It might be a little old by the time uh, the podcast comes out, but John Morant, Lissa is doubtful with the knee. 
Um, a lot of talk about <laughs> going back and forth in the series. I mean, how much of it is playoff talk, how much of it is coach talk, and just coaches trying to fire up their team. But but what's your take on the uh, the Jordan Poole play we'll start with, and then we can get to the Dylan Brooks on uh, Gary Payton second. Yeah, it's been a rough series and a lot of comparison there. All right, let's start off with uh, with the Jordan Poole on John Morant. Is it right and proper to yank on a guy's knee? No. I mean, in the split of the moment, was he reaching for the ball? Was he just grabbing? Was it reaction? Was he trying to hurt him? Ah, look, if someone can get hurt by grabbing and pulling on your knee, and we're all prisoners of the freeze frame slow motion of look at the knee jerk. If you really can hurt someone with your fingertips and grabbing and pulling, then there's an underlying problem. This is why the pro basketball docs, we never believed there was serious injury caused, solely caused by that Jordan Poole play. Now, was there something underlying that it might have aggravated a little bit? Maybe, right? I mean, he did pull on it. There was a play earlier when he was closing in on Clay Thompson where he started favoring the knee. And earlier this season, he missed 11 games, was it? Yep, 11, 11 games. It was nine straight. He played in uh, in two during that stretch. But, um, yeah, it seemed like more of a rest, overuse type deal. So he's got something underlying on that right knee, some sort of tendinopathy, tendinitis or something. I mean, and maybe it aggravated that, but I really doubt that you can pull a guy's knee like that instantaneously and cause structural damage. I just don't see that. Now, irritating an underlying condition, absolutely. And is it a pure basketball play? Probably not. Um, but much less dangerous than Dylan Brooks. When you, when you hit someone lightly in the air, right? That's where things get more dangerous. When your feet are on the ground and you pull on someone, that's usually less dangerous. And the other thing is the Memphis coach was pretty upset about the, the pull the, the yank. And people have asked me on Twitter and otherwise, why haven't they announced the MRI results? First of all, I don't know that they got an MRI. Haven't seen anything about that in the, in the past days. Secondly, you don't think an upset coach, if he had an injury and he was going to miss time, or let's say it was his MCL, as I saw some people speculate, that he wouldn't say, you know, John Moran has an MCL injury caused by Jordan Poole, you know, working the ejection and fine and whatever. Uh, for the, I mean, he hasn't said anything specific, and there hasn't even been report of an MRI. Maybe there was one. I doubt it, though. So I don't think it's anything that's horrible that they don't know about. I firmly believe that John Morant will play again this series. And even though he's listed as doubtful, by the time of the game, I think it's possible that he plays. This is not the Joel Embiid call. That one, you could freezing, freezing cold take me all you want because that's what we thought. This one I'm saying, despite doubtful, I think it's at least questionable in my mind that he plays. Remember, this is a pivotal game. You, you can't go back. You can't go down 3-1. Uh, at this point in time. You want to try and even up the series. So I think there's a chance he plays, but it's not like a, oh my gosh, call that he's playing. I mean, if you had to ask me, I'd say maybe a little more likely than not, but like, you know, 55-45, I don't know. I think, but that's better than doubtful. Doubtful should be like 90% not playing. 
So I think there's still a chance, and I don't know what the lines and numbers are, but you might get an advantage if he does. Well, yeah, going into that, Doc, um, this is one of the games that has a 10-point-plus uh, advantage into six scores. Um, this year we've been 29-16-2 with that advantage. Um, you got a 12.4 advantage between Memphis and uh, Warriors tonight with the potential uh, Dur- uh, Morant injury. Uh, Brooks will be back from a suspension, which uh, increased their uh, score a little bit, but that Morant definitely now, hurts them. So 29-16-2, that is purely, to my understanding, not your six-score influenced picks. That's just purely using a double-digit health score differential for a team. Right. And there are times I know we discussed it, and I'll, I go, you know, uh, I think, uh, what was it, game... One of the Luka games. One of the Luka games, game two. One game two or three during the Mavericks game, series. I think it was yeah. game two against the Bucks. There was a big health difference. Yeah. The Celtics? Yeah, the Celtics, Celtics. against okay. the Buc- Bucks. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to keep that in our record because it's a double-digit six-score difference. But I just didn't like it. I didn't see the Celtics being embarrassed two days in a row at home uh, kind of deal. But those numbers are just purely blindly going by the six score mismatch numbers. Yeah, and I think that's that's what we've uh, the message we're trying to get out and educating people is just it's not not just blindly follow the info. It's if you already like something and there's an injury advantage, then then uh, think about think twice about. It. I mean, use all the other information out there, but but we're just adding the the injury angles. Yeah, and and the way that I put it is, if you're a GM making a decision about a draft pick health score unless it's like you know someone who's undraftable or something is just a is like a 40 time if you say the kid has game speed and i still want to draft him so be it in this case with our health information if you already love a side and your side is healthier by double digits maybe you need more units on it and if you are on the side of the uh, unhealthier team less healthy team Maybe you need to think twice or only go half a unit. I don't know. I mean, it's just something to consider in the bigger picture. But don't forget all the prop plays and totals that can come. And and that's more Taylor's department than than mine. We just do the uh, injury analysis. And, uh, you know, if you want to tail tail, Taylor, go ahead. If you want to make your own picks, go ahead. All the information's at uh, sixscorescicscore.com. Real quick, we'll get into some football, but Justin, uh, any any idea how the Celtics are going to stop Giannis? I haven't seen any any indication of that. Okay, so that that series has been very interesting, and I, I'm, I'm, as a fan, it's tough to it's tough to talk about the referees, and we don't want to get into all of that. But I will say it's both both ways. The way this series is being refed, not there's no I don't think there's a bias towards either. It just seems like 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 there's there's possibility for a lot more injuries in this series, just how physical they're allowing both teams to be um and the celtics do have a lot of bodies to throw at Giannis, um but but he's also throwing his body right back into them so it's i don't know there's no real way to stop that i don't think it's just kind of hopefully let him wear himself out i don't know well i mean i mean the best way to stop Giannis. i mean they stopped him on sunday and they'll stop him on tuesday (laughs) the day's off yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, don't play a game. Don't sign up and uh, and show up for the game. You, you don't have to worry about it. But yeah, it, it's it's crazy. These like I said, not just this series, but all the series right now. I can't remember a time where every single one has been played so physically. I don't know if there was a call sent to the referees to allow more contact, but it's it's 
all every game I watch, it's like there's just so much contact. It's crazy. Well, I mean, that's what I always have said. Basketball is a contact sport. Football is not a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. Basketball is a contact sport. I mean, the way it, it comes down. And uh, and remember, I still feel like Middleton has a chance late in the series to come back for the Bucks. Yeah, we haven't really heard a peep about it. Like, he's just been, oh, he's out for the series, and you see him on the sideline, and there hasn't really been that much talk about it. But that's that's obviously a big impact on the series. I mean, it certainly bodes well if the Bucks can get through this series. But I think there's a chance if it goes to, you know, to six slash seven, I think there's still a chance that Middleton will come back and 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 ta- see. Once again, Taylor didn't listen to me. I, I look. I'm not a gambler. I don't bet all this stuff, and I don't make these picks. But when I saw the first series odds, and it was Bucks plus one seventy five, I was like, wow, <laughs> that seemed pretty good to me. They're up two one. We'll see what happens. So I want. To- Want to get? Uh, I know we've covered uh, both these players a little bit at um, sixcore.com, and especially the draft and the fallout. Seeing a lot of talk about Justin Ross and a lot of excitement. I mean, it's it's great for him that he's found a spot. Especially the Chiefs have a little bit of opening a wide receiver. I mean, they, they got a lot of a lot of question marks going in the season at that position. They do have depth, but it's where it shakes out. What what do you see after mini camp for Justin Ross, Doc? I mean, look, um, that's a quick transition to NFL, but sounds good. <laughs> um, in any case. I think it's great that the Chiefs signed him, okay? And here's the thing. Many camps are non-contact. He's not at risk for paralysis at minicamp. When you have a multi-level fusion, the fear is, you know, a big hit for someone else they walk away from and a big hit for Justin Ross, he doesn't. And that's why I said in some ways... It's not that NFL teams are being mean to him and not giving him a chance. In some ways, it's protecting himself. Yeah, there are liability reasons, and we can get into why Clemson let him, but you know, here you didn't, and and what have you. But there are cer- certainly liability falls into this. But also just being human, right? Doing what's right, and the certain hits and exposures. I think it's great that he's with the Chiefs. I hope he makes it with the Chiefs and sticks if they feel like it's safe for him to play. Let me tell you, I haven't seen his x-rays. I don't know. But I, we did say before the draft that he's not going to get drafted, even though he early on after his, his first year, freshman year, he could have been a first rounder. Everyone was thinking third to fourth round. I was like, I think he's going to be undrafted. And maybe this gives him the chance to land where he wants to. But there's a difference in participating in minicamp and, and being cleared for contact uh, in a season. So we'll see where it goes. Any way you look at it, I hope the Chiefs find something where they feel like they can clear him. But I think we were correct that as presented, he was undraftable. And he didn't sign immediately either. It wasn't like a bidding war like Carson Strong, right? He got three hundred grand to sign. I mean, it was a bidding war for Carson Strong, who got him draft, drafted with that OCD lesion. I mean, Justin Ross stood on the sidelines, and he and other players were social media tweeting away saying, give him a chance, right? So kudos to, to Andy Reid and the Chiefs for giving him a chance. But right now, he's not in danger, but it may change later on. And... Um, it's minicamp. It's rookie minicamp. So we'll see what happens there. 
Uh, real quick, before we follow up on uh, on that, I'll follow up with what I said last week. Remember when I asked about potentially taking a flyer on him in, in Dynasty Fantasy, uh, the late rounds. I'll tell you, we did the draft and finished it. Uh, he went at the beginning of the final round, uh, quite a few picks ahead, and uh, and somebody somebody took a flyer on. So people are still on it, like they still think that there's a chance, and they still think it might be worth taking a chance on in fantasy. So that's that's where it's at. Well, that's true, but I think I think part of that is the Patrick Mahomes effect. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh no, Tyree Kill. There's there's balls to be had. It's a late <laughs> round, and let's let's see what happens. I mean, no offense. Name another team that he would assign to where he'd still be drafted late in the round. I mean, there's right. no other team, right, that they end up would, you know, anyone that have any interest in him. And that generates the interest, and that's great, but let's see when the rubber meets the road. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. But then again, I'm not in that draft, and I don't know who's who else was available, right? So we'll, we'll see. But another one I know you guys are going to bring up is N'Kobe Dean. He clearly fell from the first round because of his pec. He's saying his pec is fine. He doesn't need surgery. The Eagles are saying it's fine. Yes, he participated in minicamp, 100% cleared. But in minicamp, you run around in shorts. You don't have pads on. You're not hitting, tackling, wrapping. That's what you can't do when you have a pec injury. And as a linebacker, and I don't know if you guys saw some of the social media pictures, I'm not sure how big N'Kobe Dean is. I don't know. But, boy, uh, his agent and publicist need to tell him, stop walking next to the big boys. <laughs> I mean, he looked like a little kid. Who I don't know who he was walking next to, one of the offensive linemen or something. Uh, I mean, as he was heading to rookie minicamp practice, I was like, wow, he looks small. But maybe the other guy just is that big, right? And I don't know. Um, but that didn't surprise me. He can run around now. We'll see. The rubber will meet the road once again. Can he rap and can he tackle? Is that, but, is but, that something he's going to make worse by playing through it? Is that just it is what it is and he's going to finish the year and then go from there? Look, I don't think he can make it worse. I mean, my impression is that it's torn. Could he, look, delaying surgery, which he's already done, makes the surgery somewhat harder, makes the recovery a little bit longer, but usually the recovery is pretty reliable. I think if he would have gotten surgery, assuming that it's a pec tendon tear, which is my assumption, because a pec muscle strain would not have caused him to drop two rounds. And remember, to drop two rounds, that means 31 other teams beside the Eagles didn't value him, right? So are the Eagles right that he's 100% and they got first round value in the third round? Maybe. or and, and But that would mean the other 31 teams are wrong, Right. And so it's a minority opinion any way you look at it. But he's a good pick. I think over the future, he's fine. He can run around. He can fly around. Look, Eric Weddle played in the Super Bowl with a torn pack. Obviously, he had to change the way that he tackled. But here's the issue if Eric Weddle, he finished that game because it was a Super Bowl. But if it was during the season and so forth, by the next game and the game after, everyone would have film on him and realized how he needed to tackle. And they'd, they'd attack him differently run off that right shoulder. How can you do that when you're a rookie Nicobe Dean? I think his performance is going to suffer. But he's still a good pick. I mean, he's a first-round talent, even if he doesn't play at all the first year. You know, a third-round pick for next year's first-round talent, that's be pretty good, right? So it's not a bad pick, but I just don't see how he's going to excel this year uh, if he does try and play. 
Yeah, and that's uh, just to follow up on that, we'll we'll transition to baseball real quick. But uh, for football, we're going to have a fantasy-relevant injury series um, detailing some of the top performers, CMC, Saquon Barkley, and uh, giving out their six scores and what, what people can expect from them in Dynasty this year from a health perspective. Yeah, Dynasty, and, and, and we'll have that out well before the majority of the world drafts in uh, your standard fantasy. Uh, I mean, I know Taylor, Taylor's itching to ju- jump into like 20 drafts right now, but uh, we'll let that go. <laughs> Um, Carlos Correa, big uh, big name for the Twins. They spent a ton of money on him, signed him to a three-year deal. Um, he had the finger fracture that wasn't a fracture. How come How come uh, they changed their mind on that, Doc? Well, all you have at the stadium are x-rays. You don't have three-dimensional imaging. CT scan is what he got. You could have gotten an MRI as well. And they said the x-rays were inconclusive. And that, to me, either meant it wasn't a fracture, it was a non-displaced fracture that didn't need surgery, which is why at Sports Injury Central, we started early with some optimism for Carlos Correa, where he wasn't going to be out a long period of time. Um, we, at that point, said that he's going to be a lot closer to, even assuming he had a fracture, he'd be a lot closer to 10 days than 60 days in terms of being able to DH, at least, and other things. And then with the news of no fracture, uh, by the way, no fracture doesn't mean no injury, right? I mean, you get hit by a baseball on your fingers, even though it's gripping the bat. Pain, swelling, loss of motion, right? And we fully expect the Twins have an off day today, Monday, but he'll be back in line on Tuesday. He'll have missed, I think, three games. No uh, IL for him, not even 10 days. So the news is even better than we thought. We were optimistic to begin with, but the news is even better, I think. Well, it's interesting, too. I mean, uh, we're trying to tie this injury stuff to fantasy baseball and stuff like that. So I'm sure people saw Correa, finger fracture, and they're picking up Royce Lewis, the top uh, shortstop in their their system. So that's interesting that he comes up. He, he might stick around with the team, but if Correa is back in the lineup, there's not not that easy of a path as as if there was a finger fracture. So Yeah, I mean, I, I barely got into to football fantasy with uh, Scott Fish, right? And uh, yes, I'm in a league with my son and a couple dads and other kids. And uh, um, I've actually played my son this week. And if I look correctly at the score, it was a close battle between he and I. I was a pretty good dad. The score was eight to one. He's killed me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to spin it as as I did it purposefully, but I don't know that I did. I mean, (laughs) it... uh, I was doing pretty well in the league until this week, but if I'm going to have a bad week, I'd rather it be against my son there. And, uh, yep, it's 8-1. to one. He killed me this week. But at least... Doc, I'm trying to figure out my uh, my title in that league. Am I like an investor or like a, a shadow partner? <laughs> uh, depends on if we win or lose. <laughs> yeah. All right, Taylor. I know you're going to be afraid, but I'll give you the opening. Go ahead. You You said you wanted to attack me. Go ahead. Okay, so I have a couple uh, rights and wrongs that we did. We talked about a B that was right. So a wrong I did, I actually invested some of my own money on, was uh, Shohei Otani. Um, he dealt with the groin, uh, doctor injury. He came back and uh, pitched. He had seven innings, 11 Ks. And the over-under on the uh, strikeouts was uh, yeah. six and a half. And I did go under that. And um, the result, I wasn't too happy on. You um, didn't tell me to go hammer or go hard, so I chose my own. I think I hammered it, so I wasn't too happy. But <laughs> So... Tell me what I did wrong. I mean, (laughs) look, when Otani had the groin stuff, we said, okay, it's not nothing. I think he missed one game. Yeah. And then he was DH. 
And we were worried, I was worried, the pro baseball docs were worried that he might miss a start. I mean, we're not saying massive time, but he, or get a start pushback. Right-hand pitcher, right adductor. Uh, and look, how many times have we heard Altuve, muscle tightness, and then, oh, he ends up missing 10 games. And, you know, I mean, groin well, soreness. <clears throat> and, oh, he ends up, you know, and, and as for a pitcher. So I and we, the pro baseball docs, were saying, I'm not sure that Otani makes that start. And when he was, it was like, well, maybe he won't go as long. And I think Taylor hit that. So we'll count that as a wrong. He outperformed, no question. But since I gave Jacob a hard time earlier, let's let Justin and Jacob judge Taylor here. He's giving me a hard time here, but he's not bringing up that he took Philadelphia at plus 145 when Abid was out when I told him to, and he hammered plus four on the Sixers that game when Embiid was coming back. And then when the announcement was coming mm-hmm. as doubtful, he took two plus two. He he hit it three, four different ways, and that was a cakewalk. But look, right. if you're going to give me grief about Shohei Otani for the one, <laughs> what about the seven other basketball plays that we've been doing and that you've been doing? I don't uh, bet anything here. And can, can I get a can you can you buy me lunch can I get a little thank you can I you know I mean you're gonna hammer on me for Shohei Otani where you just admitted you went off the reservation and hammered it and I didn't even say take it I just said I was worried and you're gonna come back and give me grief for your own hammering of of that where's the where's the other stuff that you know I mean uh, the uh, the Bucks game the Celtics game game two that we talked about and off of injuries and Kyle Lowry and those, I mean I mean if we're gonna get me for the wrongs and there are wrongs I mean can I get a tip or or, or something or you know a commission on the rights <laughs> you covered the Otani loss so that was good the, at least yeah I, so we talked about I think it was last week that we talked about <laughs> insider knowledge on uh, Taylor I'll, I'll give you some insider knowledge on Taylor the losses stick with him the wins are nothing it's you move on yeah. to the next thing the losses hurt <laughs> that that's why there's a little more uh, vitriol than normal <laughs> well it should be it should be looking in the mirror what do they say when you point the finger three come back at you i mean you're the one who yeah. hammered it I mean, we never said hammer it we just said I we're there's some worry of you know, what sure. he could do <laughs> i mean and, and the worry was unwarranted he did very well but anyways all good there hey before we get to the beast of the week did you guys see that soccer thing um the it was the the robinson no, the, 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 the nswl yes the nswl oh jordan baggett yeah the midfielder yeah, yes. if we look at the video i mean everyone is in an uproar over that and i went and looked at look when you just show a clip of players running the stretcher from one corner of the f- pitch onto the field. Right. That's a bad visual, right? That's a bad visual. And when I saw that visual, I was like, oh, I clicked on the links and looked at it. Well, I saw some video, and maybe Justin will show it, the player going down. Immediately, the athletic trainer and medical staff are there by her side. They're right there. And if you don't look at the source material, it looks like it was two minutes before she got any attention. That's not it at all. It was almost two minutes before the stretcher got there. The 
athletic trainer, if you look at the whole video, look, the athletic trainer and the doctor, you're not supposed to run the stretcher on for every little thing. And yeah, was the game more physical than it should have been? I saw one takedown tackle from behind that I went, whoa, (laughs) and it wasn't even a penalty on the play. And it was in the box. It would have been a PK or, or maybe a PK red card, right? I don't know. I don't know soccer rules that well. But this player got tended to immediately. And it's a bad look to have players running the stretcher. But here's what happened. They're tended to. And within 15, 20 seconds, they signal to the ambulance crew. The ambulance crew is not on the medical staff. The ambulance crew is whoever the ambulance company assigns for the day. Now, with the Chargers, we kind of had the clout and we kind of had the regular guys every week. And we do practice a drill preseason. But NSWL, whatever the league is, I don't think they're going to have the regular ambulance crew. It's whoever is on duty that day. You know, vacations, this, that, the other. They signaled, and it seemed like They went to the ambulance truck to get the stretcher out, and then they were walking it on the field, maybe jogging it. Look, the players run faster. The players were nervous. The players wanted to help. Good for them. They were able to run it to the other end of the field much more quickly, but I don't think that was an inadequate medical response. The medical response was the athletic trainer and doctor there immediately. And although it's comforting to have the stretcher, it's it's stabilized first and stabilizes right there in terms of what it is. And so I don't think it medically was anything wrong or unsafe at all. It was a bad look is what it was, but I just thought I'd weigh in on that a little bit. Yeah. And the main, main concern was uh, concussion because she got knocked unconscious, correct? On the, on when she fell and hit the ground. Yeah. And it's airway, breathing, circulation, ABCs, right? Uh, And as long as they had that under control, which I would assume they did, I didn't see any reason to think they didn't. They were on the scene, and it's pretty basic. The visual of running the uh, stretcher across the field is a very bad look for the league, but I don't know that it's bad medically. I mean, mean, uh, look, it's a big field, and uh, I guarantee you the players could have run it a lot faster than the ambulance guys. Look... As a team physician, you, some of you guys know I got a bad back. I mean, I made a, I was never first to get to the player. I mean, first of all, as a doctor, it's bad form to get there first. Let the athletic trainers get there first. But most of the times, I didn't. Why do I say that? Because in practices, the athletic trainers get there first. I wasn't at every practice, only at the tail end, and uh, they're faster than me anyway. So it wasn't like I was trying to not get there, uh, and. Uh, but a familiar face, uh, and the most familiar is the athletic trainers are, are, are a good thing. And uh, I'm just putting in there bad luck, but I don't think there's anything wrong with what the league's response was. And the medical staff was right there. I think you're right, Doc. She, um, the player, her own uh, teammates saw her have a seizure after the hit, so they were like uh, obviously upset. So of course you can watch the video. They were running with the ambulance woman to get her. They were faster than her because they're athletes, right? So I mean, yeah. And look, and, and kudos to teammates for caring. And look, to to see someone with a concussion and unconscious is scary. Seeing someone quote with a seizure or any tonic clonic motion is very very upsetting and scary. And I'm glad that they jumped in to do that. But to, to say that the, that the player didn't get the right medical attention is a stretch. 
uh, the people giving the medical attention. And, and I guess my distinction is there's a medical staff that was there and there's the extenders, i.e. the ambulance people that aren't regulars. And, you know, uh, she got the care that she needed, I believe. Maybe. Uh, so we're in the Beast of the Week section. I was trying to think of a way to transition. Maybe the whole team should have got Beast of the Week. Um, but uh, let's uh, <laughs> our pick this week was uh, someone who is coming off an injury and, and doing surprisingly well, I would say. I mean, we were kind of down on him. We know, we know he's not uh, playing the field all the time. They're DHing him a lot. Ronald Acuna had a, a pretty insane home run. You want to take it through us? Take us through it, Taylor. Um. So yeah, he um, hit the home run. Yeah, well, um. Lost balance, fell down, uh, got back up. Twitter went crazy. Explain how he can do that on the ACL duck. Well, first of all, when he came back, we talked about it. We were a little surprised that he played right. in the field. First right? game. And we discussed that. For one game. <laughs> 1 a.m. phone call. That was out yes. of need, right? And uh, and he's, they put him back at DH pretty quickly. And But remember this offseason when he was hitting, raking from the cage? I was like, yeah, he is, but that's soft toss. And look at how off balance he is on all his swings afterwards. And that's not getting fooled by a nasty curve and you're off balance. Uh, we said he wasn't all the way there. But this home run where I say he's the beast of the week is, think about this, guys. If you look at the video and you just look at his swing where he falls down on his rear on home plate, that's like a kid swinging at the bottom of the Davis's Mustang order and falling down. Yet he hit a home run to deep center field. 450 plus, I think it was. Yeah. If you just look at the video of him at home plate and not look at the results, I mean, that would be a funny TikTok video. That would be like, what is this major league player doing? And if you're falling down in that off balance, how do you have the power? Well, he did. That's why I think he's beast of the week. I don't think his knee's 100% yet. He's obviously, the bottom line is, he was off balance and fell on home plate, yet he hit a home run 450 feet. How do you do that, right? And that's why I say he's the beast of the week here. Still playing through his ACL uh, recovery, not 100% there, but hits a bomb that far when if you just focus on him, you'd say that's a weak pop-up, if anything. And deep center field, uh, got to give it to him there. All right, so that's our beast of the week, and maybe we'll give it to Kim when she comes on in a second. But uh, thanks, guys, for this week. We'll see you again next week, and uh, I think uh, we'll do the home segment, uh, the Mother's Day gift podcast portion, the annual feature with the inspiration of Pro Football Doc, and she'll tell the story. Kim Chow coming up next. This is our Mother's Day edition, right after Mother's Day. Did you have a good Mother's Day? It was good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We're here with Cosmo the dog. This is my wife, Kim. And, uh, you know, I try and pot off uh, a podcast appearance as part of the Mother's Day package every year. For those of you <laughs> who have followed along, she's sure. made a yearly appearance. You asked for it the first time. <laughs> the first time, yeah. Then now, now it's tradition. So, mm -hmm. what I try, a lot of times when I'm making videos or doing stuff or Periscopes or Twitter lives, uh, Kim will jump in with some stuff. So I'm like, here, here's your platform. This mm -hmm. is part two. The other part, some of the other things about the day, we talked about it when Ross was on, but we did get one of these. I think it was pretty cool. Uh, the front page uh, article with the kids, then some quotes from the kids from uh, front page story 
Ross.com from uh, Ross's uh, thing, Ross Tucker. All right, so uh, Sports Injury Central here. For those who don't know, maybe, Kim, you can tell the story how you were the inspiration slash inventor mm-hmm. of Pro Football Doc. Well, yeah, partly. Um, we had just had our first two kids, and they were... Um, well, we had them during football season when you were still with the Chargers. And so they were almost, you know, about 10 months old and football season had started and you, it was the first time that we ever known each other, that we were both at home on a Sunday and you were, the announcer was mentioning, oh, this person went down for X, Y, and Z. And you're like, no, that's wrong. That's not what happened. And you proceeded to do that the entire game and you were yelling at me the whole game and I'm like, I've got two babies here. I don't care. And I said to you in some ways, I'm like, why don't you tell it to someone who cares, not me? And then I'm like, why don't you get a Twitter account and you can start like ranting on Twitter about this thing? And that's kind of what we did like in the next few weeks. And then by the end of the season, you just kind of organically had a significant amount of followers and kind of just so what, naturally what, grew from there. What did I say when you said get this Twitter account? You said what's Twitter? <laughs> you were like I don't what's I don't understand what that is. So no <laughs> idea. And people that are involved with Pro Football Doc can know that uh, as good as you are of a doctor and looking at injuries and stuff, technology is not your strong suit. That's why IT. No. In-house IT right here. We're in our little home studio here. Our son Davis, he's nine now, and he's playing a lot of baseball. Dylan plays soccer. Davis plays other sports. And number does, one... And she does competitive cheerleading. Cheer. Cheerleading with gymnastics. Yeah. And the little one plays baseball. Mm-hmm. Not softball, not t-ball, baseball. She hits off a machine. She's uh, doing great. Pitching. Yeah, she's doing great. She barely can... Maybe we'll clip in some video here. But uh, he, she... Uh, it's the first all-girls team uh, in our hometown, and they play against the little boys. And actually, the little girls are pretty good. Yeah, they're great. Uh, I I think they actually hand-eye and maybe listen a little better than other yeah. four- or five-year-old boys. Well, and then the, there's 11 kids on the team, and the unique thing is I think seven or eight girls have older brothers that play in the league. And so they're, they're kind of emulating their older brothers, and it's very sweet because the older brothers come and help coach and encourage their little sister. So it's very sweet. So you're saying it's not all my coaching that we're undefeated. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm take, trying to take credit for good coaching. The reality is the kids do it and uh, they're, they're pretty good. All right. So let me ask you the number one question people always ask you yeah. and, uh, or ask me about yeah. you. And during the uh, COVID pandemic, it's been less often, but, Davis is now nine. He's pretty sporty now. He's mm-hmm. grown into it. Yeah, and if you look back at our first podcast, I think we commented on how he wasn't very sporty. So lesson to be learned, just don't sell your kid off into what he's going to do at six years old or five years old because he's kind of turned into quite the sporty kid. Okay, so the question is, would you let him play tackle football? Well, that's interesting, and that, that question has changed too. So this year, Davis, um, in locally, they're – he signed up to play flag football and he was asked to be part of a team. They, you know, I think football's like this over that you kind of organize your own teams. And, um, so I told him, I said, Hey bud, I said, someone asked you um, to be on their football team in the fall. Are you good with that? And he said to me, and I did this jokingly. I said, he said, 
I didn't say flag football. I just said football. And he said, is it flag football? And I said, no, I said, it's tackle. And he, and he kind of just looked at me. He didn't say anything. And I said, it's, it's tackle football. I'm like, you're nine. You'll be in fourth grade. I mean, it's time for tackle football. You've played some flag football. And he looked at me and he just kind of stared at me and he said, okay. And I said, just kidding. And so it's flag football, but I was more just curious, like where his mind was, you know, and stuff with it. So, so I'm curious as to your mind, it mm -hmm. sounds like you flip because when I answered the question previously, yeah. you said no. Well, and, I think it was And I you. said, if you, it's too early to tell yeah. whether you would or not, he's yeah. too little. And that if he wanted to, and his heart was set on it, I would. Now, if he yeah. liked another sport better, yeah, I would try and push him to that sport as opposed to tackle football just for, and, and for me, it's not just head injury dangers. It's just other dangers mm -hmm. of a collision contact sport but you are always saying no and this is during well, the height of i think last i think last time i talked about i never said i never said no i said i just have to reevaluate i definitely said like i don't i don't think we should do tackle football until high school if, if at all but i don't but then again you know and, i mean there's not really a tackle football league around us we're not trying to drive far to we're not seeking this out right no but this is just a question yeah, that i guess I mean, yeah. so i yeah it. so for for personally I mean, we're, I'm just like still undecided, and yeah, I would have he'd have to be driving it and wanted to do it himself. It wouldn't be something that we would necessarily encourage. And it's not even like an injury or a safety thing, but like I just think with all activities with our kids, we've kind of learned that they need to be the driving force in it all because it becomes a big commitment. And I'm not, I don't convince anyone to go to any practice or anything like that. And we're like the same. We're like, so we're both arrived at mm -hmm. you would allow it, but wouldn't drive it. Yeah. That's kind of where I was mm -hmm. before. So welcome to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Well, I think as, <laughs> I think when when you're talking about a four year old and a five year old, your little boy now he's now he's what? kind of this muscly nine year old, you know, pre like he's turning into more of a bigger boy. So with that being said, well, for baseball, he kid pitched for the first time, and he has wanted to play catcher, and he's yeah. taken some balls catching and he's taking some balls hitting he took it he's taking a bat to the hand a bat to the back of the hand and other things and and i was surprised that he would like catcher in terms of the bumps and bruises and other things and, and he's done well and he's been pretty it shocked us we were we, we, we both kind of been like wow we never could have never saw that coming yeah and the other big question that people say about kids in sports is specialization um, mm -hmm. So this this is all surprise. We're still trying to get away, stay away from that. Stay away from. Well, we're still trying to stay. We're, we're trying to stay balanced. Like, which in so he really likes baseball a lot, which requires him to play a lot of it. But we also don't want like just baseball. So what we end up doing is we're playing multiple sports at one time, which we've kind of <laughs> turned into like same with our daughter thing. We're you know we're on a bas you know the basketball team, a baseball team, and maybe a football team, which is really busy but i think it's also to prevent well, the just the one sport situation yeah it's so when people talk about not playing just one sport usually they're trying to imply change seasons etc mm -hmm. we don't we, we don't change we, seasons we, we just kind of added things okay it, it happened by accident right yeah i mean pinto he made a b team all-star whatever yeah and um 
we ended up extending the baseball season mm -hmm. and they had a lot of success. They went to the machine pitch Pinto world series, mm -hmm. uh, for pony league. Uh, they did better than the quote, a team, uh, by luck and draw and whatever talent Co coaching. No, <laughs> not really. Um, well, but everything has to break your way. A win's a win. Yeah. And, uh, then rolled into fall ball because he was excited to pitch for the first mm -hmm. time. And that's a big jump. And now into the season and now into this all-star season. And then we're, 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 we're not going to count our chickens yet. We're still waiting. On well, the well, we're, we're <laughs> rolling into year round, but he does sprinkle in a lot of other things. He wants to do soccer. He's done, he he's done soccer. school soccer, done school basketball. He did um, basketball league too. Basketball league. So it's and, now, and we're, we took a, we took a season off football this year, but we're going back to football. Yeah. But when he does baseball, I mean, it's pitching, it's catching, it's, it's not, so there is some mixture, mm -hmm. uh, and he's the one driving it. So we'll see how mm -hmm. long it, it, uh, it stays. But right now he's kind of year round baseball, but here's the thing that the way I look at it, how about you? I have a newfound appreciation for football. Uh, and not because pro football doc and whatever. Uh, uh, I, look, I'm all for the safety aspects. But think about this. Nowadays, at least where we live, mm -hmm. there aren't many sports that you can make a high school team without having done a tremendous amount of work ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't make the high school basketball team without playing lots of basketball mm -hmm. and travel ball leagues. And he's not going to be 6'8". Um, I don't think, but you're tall, but I don't think he's going to be six, eight. Uh, he's not going to make the high school baseball team if he doesn't do this baseball. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, it takes any time off. I mean, you look, see that skill lose quick, you right. know, the hand-eye coordination, the hitting, the pitching. Volleyball, at least around here, soccer, you have to have played ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, you can always join the cross country team, right? But that's mm -hmm. not his it's not, you know, you never it's, know. He's, like, he's a good runner. He's fast. Yeah, he likes to run. But it's not quite the whole exact team sport experience. But football is a sport, at least in high school. Here, it's come one, come all. Everyone makes the team. Now, you may not play a lot. You may not get the position of all the hand. Well, because they, need, the they need bodies and, and because it's not as popular as. Well, I mean, that's where, I mean, to me. The safety and, and, aspect, I guess. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, this is where. I don't know. I just want, I think kids playing sports is a good thing in yeah. high school. We're not worried about college scholarship and pro and this, that, the other. That's not the, not the deal. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, that's a whole nother story with your genes, maybe. Um, so yeah, so sports specialization right now, we're a little bit too specialized, but that's what he wants, but we're well, mixing in a bunch of other he had a, he, We left a baseball game and headed straight for a basketball game yesterday or on Saturday. So yeah. he still is mixed up and not to just talk about our son. We have a very athletic daughter who, and she was in club soccer. soccer and we actually put her back to rec soccer. We put her back to rec soccer and it was a really good choice. She played clubs, competitive club soccer, very young. She was a good soccer player, but she was, she, the way they do birthdays, she's always the youngest and she, um, she was good enough to be on the team. She just never didn't feel like she was the good because she was comparing herself to, she was always playing with kids that were a year older than her. So we put her back into rec soccer and she kind of didn't even want to play with rec soccer. So I'm like, let's just try it be friends. And it was actually, was really successful. She was 
the star on the team. She was ham. She, she scored all the goals. They had to put her back at defense and she'd still even come from, like, it was great. So it was just, and now, and now she tells me, she goes, well, I'm going to play club soccer again. I'm like, no, 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 you're not. Because she actually is now involved in this competitive cheerleading, which is, a, I mean, she's in the cheer gym three to four days a week and it's a lot. And I mean, she's, she's trying to land a back handspring right now and nine years, she's doing a lot of stuff. Now she. The interesting she's doing thing great. Is, it's very athletic. Is at least the local baseball pony league. Now you can do extras, and and he wants to go to the field and have you hit him grounders and other things. Mm-hmm. But the competitive cheer has a more rigorous schedule than baseball. Extremely by far. And she would if that girl if she had her option to be at cheer practice every single day, she would. Yeah. She's really she's really into it. No, I just didn't want to like us overemphasize the son in our house that our daughters. No, not that. Yeah. No, I was yeah, yeah. myself too. Oh well, then, and the little one, you know, she's she's still so the the little well maybe other people that have more like multiple kids. This one, I'm just trying to think, what do I want to spend all my time at? Because now we've found ourselves at the baseball field a lot, or at a cheer competition, or all these other things, and so. Now I'm trying. Now, now I'm actually going to steer this one to where I want to be. I'm thinking <laughs> softball. I mean, we don't have a softball player yet. Softball seems like a lot of fun. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe your listeners of yours can recommend a a sport that's fun to watch. Well, whatever. I mean, she's just. I don't know. She's just. So she's, I, I just get a kick out of when I coach that. And all the little girls. They're they're called the Pink Diamond Unicorns. Mm-hmm. All girl team uh, in the boys league. Moms have them dressed in some pink. Everyone's a padre in our. Mm-hmm. It's all everyone has a pod, different style padre uniform, but they have it accessorized in pink yeah. and the whole deal. And it's it's very cute. And the best part for me is like she's so funny. She's so little, like the bat's bigger than she is. But every time before I put the ball in the pitching machine, I look at her and then she gives me this nod, like okay, I'm ready. It's cute. <laughs> Put the ball in, and uh, and when she plays on the field, because obviously they're like you know t-ball ish or that age group. There's parents that are out on the field, so wherever her position is, it requires her holding her dad's hand while she's in the field. So it's very sweet. No, and uh, but what I found is that in game she hits the ball nine times out of ten. She doesn't have mm-hmm. to revert to the tee. But the other day in practice, I fed her 50 balls. I think she hit one ball. Yeah. <laughs> She's a game day hitter. I don't know what that means. All right. I, was, yeah. I think that two of the one thing that from all these sports we have were we were learning is that the volunteer recreational sports for kids has become of a lot of value to our family and to the kids, right? I mean, it's really provided our kids with a lot of confidence, don't you think? No, it's been great. I mean, all it's, all three of them have really benefited. So shout out to all the volunteer snack shack helpers coaches and non-paid non-paid people that are putting athletics together for kids it's mm-hmm. it's awesome right yeah and i don't think i've ever seen you in glasses for this long you usually put them on to read and stuff. well we don't work together i say i wear my glasses at work all the time and at night and it's this old lady stuff and it's just getting so bad <laughs> and i went today to like get a better prescription all right well happy mother's day thanks All right. Thanks for being with us for this special Mother's Day podcast, the regular segment, plus uh, with my wife there. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for watching. We'll have more fun guests on uh, during the football offseason, but we'll be continuing with the baseball, basketball, and any football coverage, any sport coverage, any injuries that come up. 
Sports Injury Central is where it's at, SICscore.com. Thanks for following and watching along, and uh, we'll see you next week or sooner.